You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Now, before we get into this episode, we have a special announcement from one of our sponsors. Design Crowd is an online marketplace that helps businesses outsource their graphics, their logos, and their web design with access to over 600,000 designers around the world. Now, within a few hours of submitting your design requirements, you receive 60 to 100 plus designs, so you have the best chance to pick the perfect design for you. Now, I personally love this option and I've used it in my business ventures and projects over the years because it saves me on a few major things in life. Now, it saves you on time. It saves you on the headache of going back and forth with designers and it's also affordable and scalable without you needing your own in-house design team. Now, the good folks at Design Crowd are kind enough to offer you as an exclusive Addicted to Success listener, the VIP Custom Design Upgrade Pack, which will save you over $100 on a deluxe project for any type of custom design, including logos, uh, business cards, websites, flyers, emails, and many, many more things, okay? So head over to designcrowd.com slash success. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D.com slash success. And the promo code just for the Addicted to Success listeners is success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S. Right now, let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with Jay Shetty. Jay is a viral content creator, storyteller, speaker, filmmaker with over 1 billion views with his content. Wow, wow, wow. That's crazy, mate. And over 3 million followers. Jay is on a mission to make wisdom go viral. So Jay, thank you so much for jumping on the Addicted to Success podcast. I appreciate you being here, mate. Thank you, Joel. Awesome to be here. Everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are in the world. Really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I noticed that you post quite a lot on social media, mm-hmm. right? And, and we understand consistency is key. I know a lot of people struggle with this. They get distracted, especially with social. How do you manage your social and, and make sure that you're not losing yourself within that uh, social world? Great question. I've created a format or formula that works really well for me. One of the biggest things I say to creators is create block content. So don't try and make new content every day. Make it at the beginning of the week and then schedule it for the rest of the week. It's, it's a much smarter way of using your time effectively. Like, I believe that everything is energy. And if you're in a creative energy, you can't necessarily then flow into a logistical energy. Then you can't flow into a business mind energy. And so if every day you're trying to go through like four different energies all at the same time, you're going to feel like, oh, I'm not being as creative as I can. I'm not being as expressive as I can. I'm struggling with feeling like I know what I'm going to make this next video about. Whereas what I do is I reflect for a long time. I meditate on ideas. I take notes regularly and then I come up with like four to five solid ideas and I'll make that content in like one or two days and then that will set me up for the next, however long it is, whether it's a month of content or whether it's two months of content. So I figured out a way of making my consistent content 
simple, easy to do, and easily manageable so that then throughout the week, all I'm doing is interacting, all I'm doing is responding to comments, all I'm doing is actually engaging with people, which is actually the real value, which is actually yes. the really important piece, as opposed to being lost every day and thinking, oh, what cool idea am I going to come up with today? You know, which is just, most of the time, you're just going to put out really average content. And, mm. and I think we struggle with that, that because we have such pressure to be consistent, people are pressured into putting out content that they're not really proud of. And when I say proud, I don't mean in an arrogant way, but you're not really excited about the content you're launching. And I've been there, trust me, I'm, I've been there where it's been like, okay, I've got to get a video out. And you put it out and you're just, you're feeling to yourself like, mm, don't really, don't, it doesn't matter how many views this gets. I know I didn't really put everything into it. And I stopped that very early on. I was just like, I want my videos to be pieces that are sculpted, that are thought about, that are spontaneous, but they're spontaneous when they were created not necessarily right. when they were made, if that makes sense. Mm, no, that makes a lot that, of sense. I can, I can share loads more on that topic, but that's kind of what initially kind of spot stands out to me. For sure, for sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what I noticed as well, a lot of people are doing the daily vlogging thing, right? And so there is a difference when you see someone has taken the time to really put in the post-production and they've pieced it together well, they've gone and shot original footage. Uh, it, it makes a huge difference. It's a high level of quality. And you know what? I like where we're at in the game right now because I feel like if you can do that, if you spend the time on it and you really put the effort in, you cut through the noise in the 100%. online space. Not a lot of people are willing to do that. Yeah, so I talk about four layers of content. I coach a lot of influencers, entrepreneurs, startups, and, and experts on their content strategy. And I yeah. talk about four key pillars, which is actually like a pyramid of content. And the first layer is machine the second is meaningful, the third is memorable, and the top is mentor. So my challenge with a lot of individuals today is that we try and jump from the bottom to mentor. We wanna be mentor on day one, but it's right. like we don't have these other three layers. And when people say to me, Jay, I'm doing a daily vlog, but it's not cutting through the noise, exactly what you said, Joel, like I, I completely agree with you that you're not going to cut through the noise with a random video on your phone. Mm. And, and a lot of people I always say to them is like, once you've built a brand, then you can do much more organic content, spontaneous content, a random story, a random video, but you need to be able to say, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. And I think that requires a bit more patience and it requires a bit more care and empathy for your audience. And I think that's what's missing a lot is, are you really in the heads and hearts of your audience figuring out what they're really struggling with? I, I, I talk about how when I lived as a monk, which we'll go into later, but when I lived as a monk, I spent five days a week, three hours a week with 50 students. I used to go to a university every night and talk about the things I talk about in my videos. And that was, remember, no money, no pay, no recognition, no website, no social media, no Instagram, no Facebook, no, no recognition whatsoever. Like no one even knows that I did that. But every day, five days a week, I would sit with 18 to 21 year olds for three hours a night and just listen to their problems and help them get, give them advice from what I was studying. Right. Wow. You can tell that you have that in your heart too. You know, being of service and sharing your value with the world uh, is such an important thing as human beings. We live in a space right now where I, I saw a study recently and said something like over the past 10 years, they've been studying social media uh, and, and the impact it's had on people's lives. And uh, in the last two years alone, they say narcissism, however they've measured this, narcissism is up by 36% wow. across the board. And it's because of social media. It's this like 
everyone's showing off for everything they've got. Just before we, we jumped on this uh, interview, talking about, you know, truth is surrounded by a bodyguard of lies. Yeah. And you shared a Mark Twain uh, quote as well. And, and I think that some people are getting into that space where they feel like they have to lie about who they are rather than be, show their authentic self. And I've tested this actually with my own social media, my own Instagram. And when I come up with the real raw stuff, it's like, hey, I went through this struggle today. I overcame this. The engagement rate is way higher, way higher. Because now you're like, hey, I'm a human being. Yes. And you do, do that so well, man. I've got to say, oh, you know, congratulations you. on all the, all the views and reach that you get. And obviously, you're able to achieve that because you're being real. Which video are you most proud of? Oh, you got a lot. You got a lot of videos. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a hard question. Oh, God, let me think. Um, I, I haven't made it yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. I, I haven't made it yet because I, I'm, I'm one of these people that whenever I create something, I'm, I'm happy with it. But then in the instant, I move on to what's next. It's just who I am because yeah. I think the more I get lost in celebrating the greatness of what's there, the less I have energy and focus on creating the next greatness or whatever it is that I want to do. So yes, I mean, if you really want me to answer that question, I'll pick one, but, but I do feel that way because I've got some, I've got like a series of videos that are coming out in the next, uh, next month or two that I'm so excited about. And I'm not just saying that because we're uh, on a podcast right now. I'm saying that because I had this great creative December. I said to myself that December was just going to be about creative. It wasn't going to be about business. It wasn't going to be about anything. I was going to take time out to just create and it worked. And now I've recorded and edited and they're being edited all these videos. So some of what I think is gonna be my best work is actually coming out in February or March. But if I had to pick a video, I would probably pick, I made this video called Before You Break Up, Watch This. And yes. it's, it's the interaction between a couple who are having relationship issues. And it's based on the concept of the five love languages, which is the book by Gary Chapman, which in my opinion is an incredible book and completely makes sense, the theory of it. That's, my, that's in my opinion, the best video I've made because I felt that I was able to share advice that's actually quite hard. It's a bit theoretical, it's conceptual, it's in a book that was, that's old. And I was able to make it really relevant where that video itself on my page has about 50 million views and then has another 50 million views dotted around the internet. So, so for me, that was one of my favorite videos, especially because I took myself out of the center and I was able to place these two characters in their roles and then play my role as authentically as myself in their life. And, and that, whole, that whole concept or that creative creation was original. No one had ever done that before. So for me to try that out and for it to work, with that success, that, that felt really cool because I'm always trying to think of what new formats can I create that allow the, use, allow the person who's watching to really engage and kind of dive into my world. Yeah, it is good when it works and you have this <laughs> idea in your mind. Sometimes you have an idea and then you go and shoot it on video and you're like, ah, this is, we're not achieving what I'm trying to get here. <laughs> oh, totally. I've had those as well, man. And those I, those I take as creative expression just for me. See, I think creators sit on one or end of the spectrum. Some creators just create for themselves. That's wonderful if you want to watch your own videos, but that's all, that, that's all who's going to see it. If you create just for yourself, only you will see it. And if, you've got to deal with that. There are some creators who sell themselves and just create for the audience, right? People who just make content because they want to get likes, they want to get followers, they want people to do it. And again, if you, do, if you live for that, that's all you're going to get. 
And the sweet spot is actually bang in the middle where you create what you believe, but you care enough to put that two together. So it's where your communication meets care and empathy for an audience. That's when you get powerful viral content. So when I see a video that I've created that I was really excited about, but it didn't really have an impact, I'm like, well, I created that for me. You know, that was, that was just for me. It was one of those selfish ones and that's cool. Uh, but, but I try and get in the middle as much as possible because that's, you know, for me, when it starts what you were saying with service, with compassion, with empathy, with love, with, with deep care. I studied behavioral science at business school. So for me, how the mind works, how human behavior affects our decision making, that kind of stuff fascinates me. So when I can make a video that really touches the hearts of people, that's what gives me my buzz because I feel like I've deeply understood human psychology to be able to do that. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. That's really interesting. What would you say is the most profound thing that you discovered uh, in your studies of uh, behavior science? Ooh, great question. So I think it was a book by Dan O'Reilly called Predictably Irrational. And he talks <laughs> about how humans make predictably irrational decisions all the time. And, and that's fascinating to me because we think we're good at making good decisions. Like we think we're in control. We think that we are actually quite smart. And the whole book literally proves to you that you're really not as smart as you think you are. And I love that because, you know, it grounds you again. It makes you humble. It kind of crushes your ego. It's a great book. And he gives all these examples from modern theories and modern research that I believe he's carried out that shows how we make bad decisions or the way things are presented to us force us to make certain decisions. So he, he gives this example from The Economist magazine where they had three subscription rates. And the first subscription rate was like, you can have the online for $40. You can have the paper version for $100. Or you can have the online and paper for $100. And he asked people what they would go for. And that's what The Economist had. And most people, 80% went for the bottom one, I think, like the both, like paper and online. And 20% went for just online. Then when you take out the middle option and leave people with just one and three, and you say online for 40 or online and paper for 100, most people just go for online. Oh, and so, wow. So he was going, why is that happening? Why is it that when you take out the middle option, it switches so drastically? The answer was because we're tricked into believing if we see online for 40, paper for a hundred and online and paper for a hundred, we go, Oh my God, like that's such a good deal because I'm getting both of them. And he calls the economist up and goes, why have you got this option? And it doesn't make any sense because why would you go for number two? Supposedly they put the phone down on him and took the option out. So, he <laughs> so it's just, I mean, it's a hard to explain it over a, a podcast, but I hundred percent recommend it's got, it's sold like a million copies. It's, it's one of the most, I read it when I was like 16 so it's, you know, that book's really left a big impact on me. So that, that, yeah, that's something we make predictably irrational decisions. We think we're smarter than we are. We are fooled by marketing, advertising, and even just basic comms on a daily basis, sometimes in our benefit, sometimes to help us, but, but sometimes just because, oh, there's another example I'll share, which people may be able to relate to. So he saw that there was a trend that some Western countries 
donated their organs more than Eastern countries. So he asked, why do you think that is? And most people said, oh, because Western countries have more wealth or Western countries are more philanth uh, uh, value philanthropy or Western countries care about people more and Eastern countries don't really think about giving their organs, etc." He said, those are all good reasons. But when he looked at the research, he found that all the Western countries had a box on their, on their forms that said, if you want to donate your organs after you die, tick, uh, don't tick this box. And people <laughs> have to tick it. And that's why all the people in the Western countries that he looked at were donating their organs subconsciously without even knowing. Whereas in the, uh, in the Eastern countries, the box was saying something totally different. So again, the way things are presented to us, we are even not sure of how they affect us. So that, that was beautiful. I, I still remember that. Oh man, that is crazy. I know there are certain words that kind of bypasses you. It's like when you say virtually, this is virtually something. Most people don't even know what that even means or why it's thrown in the sentence, but people yeah. still accept it. Yes. And on an unconscious level, we're being affected left, right and center all day, every day. And uh, even if we can just be uh, 5% more intentional with our life, because I think yeah. we only think 10% new thoughts every day. So if we could double that 20% new thoughts, you would double your impact, your income, your everything, man, your relationships and, and everything, your output. So we could talk about this all day, behavior science. I, I love it. I love neuroscience and uh, interesting stuff for sure. Yeah, uh, a, bad so, a bad example of that, I'll just throw it in because it's so small, is yeah. I, advertising made me believe I had to watch Baywatch, the new movie when it came out, because literally <laughs> it didn't leave me. Like I saw it on my phone, I followed Dwayne The Rock Johnson and you know, he was posting about it, followed Priyanka Chopra, she was posting about it. I then walked into the airport and literally I was traveling that month quite a lot and I was just surrounded by like every escalator just had Baywatch the whole way, every screen. Like I must've seen it a million times that I was like, Oh, I, I must have to watch this video. <laughs> and you know, that's, yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. We're completely. And when you're unintentional, if you're just on autopilot, like you were saying, then just straight away, it's just planted into the subconscious like inception. And it's, you know, planted that seed right there. But yeah, go for it, man. Sorry. You were going to the next question. That's, that's right. Now that's all good, mate. Uh, you're a former monk. Yes. So what would you say, what philosophy have you brought into what you do now from your experience as a monk? Yeah, absolutely. So I lived as a monk for three years, uh, most of it in India, but across Europe and London as well. And I lived as a Vedic Hindu monk. So the difference mainly is that Vedic Hindu monks, half the day is silence and then half the day is service. So you have the balance of both worlds, whereas what most people think monks do is you're just in isolation and silence. Our life was both. And you have that beautiful dynamic balance between the two where you can go internal and then you can give what you're learning as well. And so, and so just to give a bit of context around the type of monk life I lived, I lived there for three years. We meditated for four to eight hours a day, slept four to six hours, slept on the floor, lived out of a gym locker. I had a shaved head. I wore robes like... The, the full works, the real deal, you know, not, right. not just, we were no alcohol, celibate, no meat, obviously, et cetera. And then, and then, uh, and then practicing these deeper principles on a daily basis. To be honest, all the work that I do today is fueled from what I learned as a monk, because my greatest fascination became looking at timeless wisdom and patterns in modern behavioral science. 
And up till today, I can honestly say I found no loophole or disparity between the two. Everything that's said in these books that are like 5,000 years old, they hold true today because no matter how much has changed, we talk about technology, etc. all technology has done is amplified what's inside of us anyway. So competition, yes. envy, greed, jealousy, it's not like social media created any of those. Those are there anyway, and we're just not dealing with them. We've just avoided them for so long because you couldn't see through someone's front window. Now you can see through someone's front window. So you're like, oh, the world's so jealous. But it's like, no, the world was always like that. You just couldn't see it. So we're just exposed to more. There was a study that said we're now exposed to more trauma in one day than people were in their whole lifetime at one point. Wow. The media news. So for me, what I'm bringing forth or the wisdom that I'm bringing forth, a lot of my videos today were written as notes when I lived as a monk. They weren't videos. They weren't scripts. They were just reflections. And so I'd like to say that actually all of my videos, the principles that they're based on, and if I'm completely honest, the principles that most motivational self-development and personal growth books are based on, they all trace back to the Bhagavad Gita. Like they all trace back to the Vedas. They all trace back to timeless wisdom. So whether you want to go 2,000 years old to Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, or you want to go back to the Vedic times, the point is you will find connections. And Martin Luther King said, if you want a new idea, read an old book. It's just that we've never read the old books, so we, don't, we think they're new ideas. Uh, so, so I'd say everything I talk about has really been brought through. Everything I do today is inspired by that. But my whole focus is how to modernize, contextualize, and, and make it relevant and accessible to the world we live in today. I rarely quote Sanskrit or quote a verse or whatever that may be because it may just be over people's heads. It may just be a bit too much. Uh, same as me. Like when I, I love geeking out on neuroscience, but if I, really met, if I really meet a powerful neuroscientist who's talking that language, which is way above my, my neuroscience pay grade, then, you know, right. I, I can't understand it or appreciate it. So yeah, I don't know if yeah. I'll ask you a question, but I, I kind of... No, you, you know, you definitely did. You, you've brought the philosophies uh, and the reflections into your work. I love that, that word reflection. It's so, it's so true. Uh, and, and I agree, you know, I, I read the Bible and that's a really old book. And uh, just the underlying principles and things you can learn from old scripture and old literature. I mean, it's incredible, man. It still applies today. Nothing's really new under the sun. <laughs> Nothing's new. See, we, we still get born, we still get old age, we still get diseased, and we still die. As long as those three things are our biggest struggles, that means we're dealing with the same philosophies needed for life. Like those are the, the Vedas talk about how those are the biggest challenges of life. And, and some other things in the Vedas, like one of my favorite things, it talks about the three things that you're told in a materialist society that you need to be happy. Health, time, and wealth, right? You'd, mm. you'd agree that if you have health, yeah. time, and wealth, you'll be happy. Materialistic society suggests that. So the Vedas say that when you're young, you have a lot of time and you have health, but you don't have wealth most of the time, unless you're born yeah. in, in royalty. But then as you grow up, when you're working really hard in your middle age, you've got wealth and you've got health, but you haven't got that much time. And then towards the end of your health, right. and to, towards the end of your life, you've got time and you've got wealth, but you haven't got much health. So as long as those three, two out of three complex always is there, we're always going to feel a gap, a lack of happiness, some sadness, some, some uh, disappointment in our life. And therefore, moving towards higher goals, meaning and purpose 
is deeply needed because time, wealth, and health in and of themselves will not make you happy or lead to eudaimonia or lead to bliss in any way. So yeah, we can all still agree with that, you know, and that was 5,000 years ago, minimum. Yeah, powerful stuff, powerful stuff. Really, when you think about it, what are we all really trying to achieve? Yeah. At the end of the day, we're trying to achieve fulfillment, right? Ultimately, I, you know, it's obviously can be subjective depending on what your view is, but fulfillment. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly, 100%. Totally agree. Awesome. Jay, this has been such an awesome conversation. I really appreciate it. What have you got going on right now that you're most excited about? Okay. And what can we expect from you uh, this year? Absolutely. Okay, so what is going on that I'm most excited about? I'm finally writing my book. So I was, uh, I was offered a book deal after my first viral video by every publisher I would have dreamed of. And I just stayed super patient because I didn't feel at that time that I really had crystallized my idea and thought process that I wanted to share with the world in the form of a book. If someone's going to take out a week, a month, a year to read my book, hopefully not a year, but it's not going to be that big. But <laughs> if, if, if someone's going to take out a week or a month to read something that I've written, I want it to have the most deepest value in their life and have the most amazing impact and make them feel evolved after it. So I'm finally doing that. I'm, I'm so excited about the book that I'm working on. And it's going to be, you know, full of storytelling, lots of original research you've never heard before, lots of behavioral science as well, of course, because that's my passion. So very excited for that. That's, that's the thing I'm most excited on that I'm working this year. No pressure on when it's coming out. I have no idea. I haven't even sold it yet, but that will happen. I just need to, to really make something that I'm truly proud of and love. Same as like I was saying with the video. And, and I'll add a bit of, bit of insight there. I, I'm always impatient about the small things and patient about the big things. So for the book, for me, is a big thing. You know, I'm putting my name on something that is going to encapsulate my ideologies, thoughts, and, and life up to this stage. And for me, that's a big thing. So I've been patient about it. But if I've got to get a new video out tomorrow, I'm impatient about it. I'll record it today, get it done. You know? So if you're struggling, if anyone listening is, is struggling with knowing when to do what, be impatient about small things and be patient for big things. What can you expect from me this year? Okay, so a bunch of stuff. The first thing that I want to talk about is I launched my group coaching this year and it's so exciting because we now have over a thousand people. Yeah, it's, it's much higher. Yeah, about at least over a thousand people all across the world, everywhere from LA to Australia to Denmark to Norway to India to Dubai that are in this group and I love creating communities. As far as I can remember, since my monk life and before, I love creating hubs and communities where people from all over the world can come and create together. So I'm super excited. It's called Jay's Genius Coaching Group. It's called Genius because I believe everyone has genius inside of them. And the whole point of the group is to help you bring out that genius over a 12-month period. And so it's all about finding your genius, living your purpose, and, and making meaningful connections all over the world. So very excited about that. I'm also launching two courses that I'm super excited about because so many people, and this is all, this is all demand led. Like if anyone's listening, it's like people have just been taking, Jay, when are you releasing this? When are you doing this? When are you doing that? When are you doing a course? When are you writing a book? All of my work has been led by people saying, when are you doing it? And so I'm releasing a course later this year, which I can't wait to launch, which is going to help people actually in the most strategic way possible, I believe, understand their passions and purpose in a very strategic way, in an experimentation way, 
in a tried and tested way. I've been using this method for over the last 10 years with people that I've been working with. So over 10,000 people have used this method, probably more now, uh, directly through me, more through videos and courses. But I'm finally taking that out from corporates and organizations through to the public. So up till now, I've been doing tons of coaching and workshops in the corporate world. I'm now bringing that out to everyone on social media. So I'm, I'm so excited about that because that was the part of my offering that I felt I really owed people and was responsible for giving. So that's what you can expect. Lots more strategic, tried and tested methodologies that you can experiment and test with and actually start applying what I'm talking about in these short inspirational videos, but actually bringing that to life in your life. That's, that's what's coming this year. Oh, amazing. Amazing, mate. And where can they find you online? Because if they want to jump into these courses, they're going to have to Absolutely. keep their eyes and ears peeled for you. Absolutely. So you can find me on my website, which is jshetty.me. So J-A-Y-S-H-E-T-T-Y.me. That's my website. And then you can find me, Jay Shetty, across Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, everything. So it's just my name, simple, as simple as that. So you can find me on any platform that you're on. And uh, tune in there and then you can connect to all the other ones in between. I saw you hanging out with Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Yesterday or a couple of days One back. Tuesday, the day his book launched. Oh, awesome, man. Awesome. What have you learned from Gary? So Gary and me have a, a newfound bromance and growing relationship. So <laughs> it's in its early stages. But I've, I've followed Gary for a long time. I, I think he's absolutely fantastic. I, I actually, what I love about Gary is that he's absolutely been able to understand those two things that I was talking about earlier. Content creators that struggle are either creating just for themselves or they're creating just for the audience, the sweet spots in between, and that's what Gary's figured out. And, and he hasn't just figured it out as a technique. The point is that Gary's super like empathetic, grateful, and deeply intentioned inside. And people may actually not know that, or they may follow him for like the cool quips and like the swearing. And, you know, he comes across as a this incredible personality, which he is, but at heart and his ethos is deeply grounded. And, and that's what I love about him, that he is more like a monk than he even knows. Because <laughs> that's the monk, a monk's heart and mindset is what makes a monk, not what they look like, not what they dress like, not how they behave. So for me, that's what I've learned from Gary is that you can be in the big, bold world of business, but you can still have deep values, which, which I believe he does. And, and I think also another thing I've learned from him is that he genuinely practices what he preaches. Like he lives that life. Like we were doing a live at 10 p.m. on, I think, a Tuesday night after he, that was the day he was launching his book. And that's why we were doing it that day. But it was 10 p.m. and we were both still working. We were there. And, and he lives that, you know, he's not just saying, he's not, he's not giving people the dream. There's a lot of selling the dream today of like, hey, I work on a beach and I make enough money for the rest of the year. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But maybe you're living off a of 40K. And that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. But Gary's really open about how hard he works. And, and I like the fact that he actually does that. Like he's always talking about it's hard work and it's hustle, but he's actually doing that. And then the third thing I think I've learned from him is that he's really not, inclined to push people beyond their genius, which is what I was speaking about, that he talks about it's much better to do something you love for 10K less 
than doing something you hate for 10K more. And I love that principle. And I couldn't agree with that more. There's too many people out there who are saying, no, you know what? Everyone needs to be a millionaire. You know what? Everyone needs to go out there and do something big. There's too much pressure in our generation to do something big. But maybe big for someone is spending quality time with their family. That maybe big for someone is helping their local charity. Like, why does big have to be millionaire, billionaire, million views, billion views? Like, why does that have to be defined as big? And, and I like the ability that he has, and I agree with very closely, and also advise the same, is that you're able to just find your space. And I call about working at the speed of love. And the speed of love is different for everyone. And the problem is that we're watching someone else's speed and trying to run at that speed. And just as you can't run it like Usain Bolt today, you can't just suddenly start running at someone else's speed of love. If you want to, you can train for it, but it's not just going to happen overnight. And so, yeah, those are a few of the things I've learned from him. I'm hoping to share a lot more as our relationship develops. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he, he was very kind enough to be, he threw in a few interesting compliments. He was telling me that he couldn't focus on what I was saying because of my eyes, which was quite interesting coming from Gary. I never thought, <laughs> Gary was the last person I ever thought would compliment me on my eyes. So uh, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a nice surprise. Gary's, Gary's unpredictable. <laughs> he is. He sure is. Yeah, we've had him on the show a couple of times and uh, he's rocked it out, man. It's, yeah, he, he's awesome. He's amazing. Yeah. And your work is amazing, man. Keep doing what you do. I'm very impressed by the work you put out and how you've also kept your heart in the, in the mix as well. Uh, I think it's a really important lesson. You know, a lot of people can look at your content, but it's not what you have created. It's who you have become. Uh, and I love, love the person you're becoming. And uh, thank you for being such an awesome leader and, and inspiring others to, uh, to live more of a, uh, a balanced and uh, fulfilled life and to share their gifts with the world. So no, thank, thank you, you man. man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for building this incredible platform. I, I definitely think addicted is the right word. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm addicted to what I do. Like I'm just completely addicted to what I do. Mm. And, and I think that that's when life becomes beautiful, you know, you, because you don't have two lives, three lives, four lives. You just have one life. You're not living multiple identities or multiple hats. You're just addicted to, you know, so thank you for building this incredible platform. And, and I, and I want to say great gratitude to anyone who's listening or watching that knows my stuff or likes it or shares it or has, has somehow helped me get out there because I've only been doing this for, 12 months to 24 months. Like I've only really been doing this for like 18 months. So for anyone who's ever liked, shared, watched the video, I'm, I'm grateful to every single one of you. I wish I could say thanks to each of you in person, but I genuinely mean that. It's, it's been such a short period of time and, and I'm just so grateful to everyone who's, who's ever been tuned in, who's made it possible. So thank you so much. And if you Jay, have- you got a hard to go, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, brother. So, so, Jay, I always end the interview with this one last question. Okay, right? And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech yeah. to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Oh, beautiful. Okay. Really, really good question. Whew. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because, because I, don't think I've said, I don't think I can say it better. And it comes from always wanting to share what your mentors have given you and coaches have given you. And even though this person never mentored me in, uh, in, in person, I would actually do this. So what, give me one second. I'm just going to bring it up. Is that all right? Yeah. Do it, man. This is what I would do with my 30 seconds. I'd be typing into Google. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason why I'm doing this is because sometimes, and I think it's important to note, 
there are people who say things better than you do and that's okay you know repeating them and crediting them and 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 appreciating them is a beautiful way of of living so these to me are the are the most powerful words spoken and when i used to at one point listen to this speech every day uh and it, and it stuck in my head i used to know this off by heart but i've forgotten it now so it's it's steve jobs uh someone who's been one of my biggest inspirations in life i never met him but i feel like i did from how much study i've done of his life uh so this yeah famous words your time is limited so don't waste it living someone else's life don't be trapped by dogma which is living with the results of other people's thinking don't let the noise of others opinions drown out your own inner voice and most important have the courage to follow your heart and intuition they somehow already know what you truly want to become everything else is secondary and uh you know when you hear steve jobs said i actually made a video where i i cut his audio and put it in the middle of the video of him saying this it's it's in my famous failures video and and i yeah. and i pick like the best music in the world to, to go under it and literally like every time i listen to it, i highly recommend it. if you're listening now go and type in famous failures jay shetty on youtube go watch that video and go to the middle i think it's like 2 minutes in just listen to that like even that is meditation because every time you start living for other people's opinions every time you start thinking that your own inner voice is an important every time you start thinking you want to be like someone else like that that like paragraph just cuts all of that to shreds and and it stops you from wasting your life trying to be like someone else envying someone being greedy being jealous comparing complaining criticizing it just completely makes all of that crumble and and all you have left is your real self so yeah that's what i would do i would read steve jobs's words and and not feel embarrassed at all because i think uh the weight and depth with which he says that is is so moving and it it still gives me you know still sends a uh, shivers up my spine like even now it's just it's so powerful